You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. Welcome to It's My Money. It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, and Brenthurst Wealth is South Africa's top boutique wealth manager. Today, I'm joined by Mags Haystack, speaking to us from Brenthurst Wealth in Santon, just outside Johannesburg, and we're going to talk about scams. And Mags, I, I, I like this subject in a morbid sort of way, because I still can't believe that after all these years, I mean, dozens and dozens of years, if not hundreds of years, people have been attracted by the lure of fast money. And despite all the information that, that is put out, they still fall for it, Max. Yeah, well, Lindsay, as always, thanks for, for having me. And I just thought, let me change it up a little bit uh, today and, you know, let's, let's say divert attention away from markets and investment and potential U.S. recession and all of that. And and as I mentioned to you, you know, something caught my eye on, on MoneyWeb today and it was talking about how pyramid schemes are, are on the rise. And I just thought, you know, it's a good time to just discuss um, the different types of, let's say, scams out there, both on, let's say, in the online world uh, and, and in person from an investment point of view and, and all of that. And that's that's generally what, what I'd like to talk about today. Yeah, and I think, obviously, um, as the internet uh, burgeons, and um, maybe some people are in uh, financial straits at the moment, they're preyed upon by online scamsters. And that seems to be the big growth area. I mean, I get one every day. I get something that says uh, this particular courier company hasn't been able to deliver this and that. And uh, it, or the South African post office is another one that I keep on getting, obviously not from the post office, but from someone purporting to be from there. And it says, you know, we're waiting to deliver your package. You've got to send this amount of money, all that stuff. It's the spelling mistakes that make me laugh though, Max. Yeah, that's also quite funny because I don't think anyone actually goes to the post office anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I had to go there the other day and it, oh, it's just a mess. Um, but it's 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 just it's scratching the surface of the let's say the type of victimization that's that's going out there. And it's it's I wouldn't say it's a lack of knowledge. It's just you know they are basically casting. You know, when I say they, I'm referring to scammers, but they're casting these huge nets and. You know, it just takes a handful of people to to fall prey to to you know what what they what they what what they're putting out there. Um, I mean, some of the let's say more um, common ones that that we see a lot. Um, you know, when it's when it's tax times, there you're getting an email from SARS and saying your your um you know your your SARS re- refund is due. Please send us your banking details, and then they <laughs> typically what what happens there, and I've I've noticed that. They send you to – firstly, they ask you what bank you're with, and then when you click your bank, they send you to a fake banking, let's say, login page. So if you're with FNB, they send you to FNB, and, and all they're doing is they're getting your, your information in the background. Um, and, you know, typically when you have, let's say, from an online point of view, that could be SMS, it could be email, the general rule of thumb traditionally, and, and it's the easiest way in my opinion to avoid it, if someone's contacting you, just immediately assume that you know they are after something. Delete the email, delete the WhatsApp or the, the SMS, and contact that particular company directly. That that, in my opinion, you know, just to I think get straight into it is is one of the easiest way to avoid all of this. Never enter any information if if you haven't requested it. 
What's quite amazing is, I mean, the SARS example that you just used, Max, is that when when someone's if SARS says we haven't got your bank account details, then surely that should be a flashing red light. You say, well, because when you become a, a taxpayer in South Africa, you have to have all your details and every single detail, including bank account details, so that uh, if there is a refund, they can send it to you, and if there isn't, you can send them money. So it's it's really very strange that people uh, fall for this. So we, we've got that. We've got SARS. We've got the post office package scams. We've got the courier scams, which I get every day. General banking fraud, stolen phone scam, and phishing techniques that that follow. The stolen phone thing is not really a scam. It's 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 unfortunate that you've lost your phone, isn't it? So that's actually I'm talking from experience here. Um, It happened to me. I had my phone stolen, and it's 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 a it's a type of let's say phishing. Attempt. I know it's, it's perhaps slightly going, of course, on, on the topic here, but if you look at our phones today, um, we we are so much more connected and involved with, with our phones, and they are basically controlling every aspect of our financial lives. And traditionally, if your phone has been stolen, it's it's usually the, the final step in, in let's say, physically or online physically getting access to your your money or you know from your bank account because you need an otp they they probably have access to your email address and all of that and the complexity of these scams are getting more and more intense and it's something that happened to me as i mentioned my phone got stolen and then a, a week later i got an sms you know claiming to be icloud and saying look your phone has been found Please enter your, your your details when you when you click this link. And again, you know, just the easiest way to avoid it is just to ignore it. That's that's the the biggest thing. And and you know, when I talk to my clients and things like that, we you know sometimes we get on the topic of of scams and phishing, and it's it's actually scary how many people are getting constantly bombarded. And I just tell them the same thing: make sure your passwords are extremely secure. Make sure that your, you know, your apps, your banking apps in particular, your investment apps, because, as you know, every every business today has some form of, uh, you know, app service, uh, you know, tied tied to the internet, and it's it's important to to protect protect that. I mean, we've even had cases where hackers got got hold of our clients' email addresses and actually emailed us wanting to withdraw money from their investment. So the the understanding and, and the complexity and everything is, is getting a lot more intense. And and from an investment point of view, um, there was a case recently where um, th- this actually happened to this happened to I can't remember the exact company, but it happened to an advisor for the client and they were defrauded of, of money and at the end of the day the advisor had to pay that that capital back. So there's so many more, um, like, I've, like I've mentioned, there's so much more out there and it's just important for consumers to understand and you need to protect yourself and everyone is a threat if you don't know who, who, you, who you're dealing with. Um, and like I've mentioned, the best way to avoid it is make sure your passwords are secure. Tell the people, don't phone me, I will call you. Get the contact number from, from the internet directly and just take those steps uh, in, in order to, to avoid any, any heartache. Yeah, and I think the important thing when it comes to passwords, Mags, is that don't use the same password across multiple different accounts or um, whatever it is. Um, Because once they've got one, if it's the same everywhere else, then the sky's the limit for them. And also, the other thing to to bear in mind is that they are getting more and more sophisticated all the time. They're almost one step ahead of us. 
hundred percent correct. And my wife will kill me if she knows that I'm I'm telling you this. But she's she's one of those people. She cannot remember her passwords. Um, there are fortunately there are services and different you know apps that they basically generate randomized passwords being stored uh, securely. And so whenever you log in, it's it's automatically there for you. Obviously, I don't know if you use an Apple or not, but if you, if you yes. use Safari, um, it typically has a very long, uh, complicated and complex auto-generated password for you, which is one way to do it. I personally don't like that because, you know, if you are in a situation where you need to block your phone with, you know, on iCloud, for example, it's very, very difficult to if you don't know what your password is. So it just depends, you know, if you are going to use different passwords, complexity is always is always a win. But yeah, just just always be skeptical. Don't don't accept anything for what it is at face value. And again, the most important thing from a let's say online point of view as well, if you're on the internet, always look for the little lock icon in your address bar. Um, that's also one way of, of just spotting uh, scams and like you mentioned as well, spelling mistakes. I mean, it's, it's you see this so 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 many times. It's the easiest way to 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 quickly pick up a scam. Yeah, I don't know why these these, these uh, from wherever the email is sent cannot be tracked immediately and that that thing closed down. Find out where it's from. I don't know enough uh, technology no. to uh, to know the answer to that. But I, I would have thought that it could be done. Anyway, what about you know the post office and the courier scams are relatively small. Let's talk about financial scams now. I mean, you at Brentos Wealth must come across uh, some real good ones from your clients saying, well, I've just had a call from this fellow. I mean, it's the first thing they should do, by the way, is phone you up and say, what is this here? And you can have a look at it and say, no, don't, don't touch it with a barge bowl. But are you seeing more and more of your clients, for example, at Brentos uh, being subjected to scams from other companies or other individuals? Yeah, so I think from an investment point of view, the word scam is used very loosely because it's not scam, it's it's fraud from an investment point of view. Yes. Um, you know, we have seen, you know, both indirect and direct clients who've been affected, who've, who've personally lost money from investments not being managed through through Brentus as an example. And and through the years, myself included, but mainly Magnus Senior, um, he's you know, he has this innate ability to spot fraud or you know, too good to be true type of events from from a mile away. And, you know, if you talk to him ever, he'll tell you, you know, Bernie Madoff, his his entourage approached him in the, the late noughts, 2009, just before everything came crumbling down. He said, no, we don't like his Shemax, another very, very big example. And, and, and over the years, even smaller types of these these fraudulent schemes, if you'd like to call it, you know, like Canvas. I don't know if you, if you remember that. I mean, they also... You know, he he took them on. Crowd one. This was something in my most recent memory that's that's quite quite popular. This was a different type of of scheme where re- people were rewarded through cryptocurrency. And again, Magnus said, "Stay away." And they even they review bombed us on on Google. Um, which uh, you know, if you're listening, if that's ever happened to you, it's near impossible to. Uh, you know, get those those reviews taken off. So we've mm. we've gone through a lot of let's say situations as a company as well, where we've told clients stay away. This is not this is too good to be true. And in most cases, uh, you know, the the let's say the precaution was was warranted. And what we see as a 
typical type of situation is, and it's very common. I think a lot of people are aware of, you know, traditional Ponzi, you know, or the more the more let's say common name as permit schemes, is the uh, it's the absurd promise of high returns in a in a very short time frame. That's traditionally the most let's say obvious sign of of these type of uh, investment schemes. Uh, fraudulent investment schemes. And the problem is there are ways that you can take the necessary necessary precautions to to kind of guard yourself against this. And one of the easiest way to do that is, you know, is this investment that, that's being, you know, punted to me, is it registered with the FSCA? Now, the FSCA is not the, you know, it's not the, the main you know, it's not the end all and be all of, of you know, is can you invest in something? Because you can invest in property, you can invest in different things as well. But from a, let's say, from an investment point of view, and specifically what Brentus deals with, that's the first thing we look at. If someone approaches us and they're not registered with the FSCA, most times we'll say, look, we cannot even touch this. We will not even advise this or take the time to understand this this investment structure better. And it still happens a lot. We get companies that approach us and say, look, we're promising these returns. We want your clients to be involved. And, and I'll be very honest, 99 out of 100 times, I'm not even saying that we have said yes, but it's most cases the answer is no. That's the first step. So for those that don't know, the FSCA is the Financial and Services Conduct Authority. It used to be called the FSB. Uh, about three or four years ago. Yes. And secondly, um, from an investment point of view, understand that investments carry risk. Now, this is a point that I, I wrote to you a little bit earlier to discuss, but for me, if someone is claiming an X level of percentage, regardless of market movement, now, if the whole world is, you know, global indices and equity indices are going down, but yet there's there's an investment that's that's providing very, very good returns regardless of market conditions. Again, make you think, how are you providing these returns? And this, this is something that's so, so important because it's whenever we discuss investments with a client, we always indicate there is always a degree of risk. Even if you keep money in a bank, there is a degree of risk. The bank could implode. I mean, look at what happened in the United States uh, a few months ago. Um, that, that, you know, bigger calamity was, I think, narrowly avoided, but it's still part of it. If someone promises you a risk-free, high-return type of investment, just stay away. It just doesn't make sense. No. Um, and, and, and the other thing is, if someone's offering you this type of return, you say to yourself, well, it's very nice of you to phone me up and, and uh, a complete stranger. You're asking me as a complete stranger to you to become involved in your huge success story. I say to myself, why don't they just do it themselves and keep quiet? That's, that's, that's another thing. It's like people that write books about, um, you know, how to make money and you, you can must do this and you must do that. Keep it to yourself and do it yourself. Don't burden us with it. So that is another red flag for me. Yeah, and, and, and also another component to, to consider if you're discussing this, a lot of times what I've noticed is these type of multi-level schemes, it's always introduced to you by friends or maybe to a lesser extent from family. And you have to ask these people, are you financially involved in my decision to invest? If I invest, do you, let's say, get compensated? And, and 
as, as it's quite obvious, most times the answer will be yes. If you invest and if you get more people to invest in, you know, the better I do. And that's that's just the hallmark of, of a pyramid scheme. That's exactly what it means. And a pyramid scheme implodes when the people at the bottom start wanting to redeem their capital and things like that. Pyramid schemes typically are not sustainable in the long run, especially if new money runs out. And we have dealt with other types of schemes that are not pyramid schemes necessarily but you can also ask very important questions what are the what are the underlying guarantees if something is if something is being promoted as a hundred percent safe you will get your money back with x amount of returns ask the questions what are your guarantees are they bank guarantees those are traditionally the most most popular are the other underlying assets that are providing the let's say the safety for for the capital um, if things go pear-shaped and Again, like I mentioned earlier, and very important, who is guaranteeing the guarantees, if you want to make sense, the guarantors? Is a bank? Again, all these types of questions. And typically, and I think this is basically the easiest way to summarize, both from an investment point of view, from an online point of view, from all schemes, anything to have, having to do with money, do your research. If you are not sure about something, Google it. Google is a fantastic tool to find out. And even on Google, you have different platforms as well where people report these types of scams. I mean, even let's say the the phone number that someone's phoning you from. Go into a website called True Caller. You can check anyone's number and find out if it's uh, you know if it's legit or not. I use TrueCaller every day to to screen calls. Mm. Um, Hello Peter, very popular example from a South African point of view. Um, and even from a US point of view, um, there's a website called the Better Business Bureau. Um, it's It goes into more detail about the types of structures and there's never going to be a straightforward answer because especially with, let's say, newer businesses or newer schemes, there's not a, a, a long-standing track record. But at the end of the day, um, there's so much more information at hand and, and so many more, let's say, examples that have happened that basically provide people with the knowledge on how to avoid these situations in, in future. Now, tell me, just final question here. Since the advent of cryptocurrencies, there must have been a big spike in financial fraud there. I mean, you've seen a couple of, um, I think, Coinbase. And what was the other one? I can't quite remember the name now. I think it began with a B. But anyway, there's been a couple of platforms that have been shut down because of mass fraud. Have you um, have you found that as well? I mean, people phoning you up again, one of your clients or potential clients, and say, look, I want to get into crypto and this this particular organization is offering me this. I think crypto is, is, is something that is, it's not quite as seductive as it used to be because of the extreme volatility of the instruments, uh, but it's, it still opens the door for, 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 for fraudsters. I think it's it's been a very popular channel or medium from a financial point of view, simply because there's no recourse. If you pay someone in Bitcoin, there's absolutely no way to get your money back. If you, you know, for whatever reason, if your credit card gets skimmed, or I'm just giving examples here, you know, if you're dealing with a financial institution like a bank, there is always a chance that you could potentially get your money back. If it's through crypto, that's it. There is no central authority that you can write a complaint to. That is kind of the whole purpose of of cryptocurrencies that it's decentralized um 
so you know people it's it's you know you simply cannot trace trace people um so i think that's also been a very large part of why crypto is more prevalent in i don't want to say the you know the black market and things like that but from a criminal point of view it's just so much easier to to get your money and and move on um but i, I fully agree with you i mean the, the nature of fraud and investments and, and schemes, they're always going to be changing. They're always going to be keeping up with the times. And I think it's just important for investors um, just to just to always, you know, be on the front foot, stay alert and and like I've mentioned, question everything. That's that's my, you know, personal MO when it comes with these random SMSs and emails and everything else. Um yeah. So Okay. And just just wrap it up. I mean you've got to be vigilant. And no matter how Correct. enticing the whole thing looks, if it looks so enticing and too enticing, then it probably is. Just give us a two or three tips, uh, good, sensible, uh, common sense stuff. Yeah, so I think just to summarize with everything, first tip is, is question everything. Don't take anything at face value. Second thing is make sure that you have a, a solid and, and tight web presence in the sense of your your passwords that's that's very very important that can affect you both you know banking and investments and 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 lastly the best thing you can do is, is do your do your homework do your research get on the internet find out as much as you can before committing to to anything Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Max, for your time. That's Max Haystack from Brentos Wealth in Santon. And that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brentos Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company.